This episode is brought to you by our patrons. As a Lifestyle Influencer patron, you get to watch the episodes of each podcast. You also get a collectible season sticker with other exclusive downloads. Join now at patreon.com forward slash Christian Influencer Inspired. Hey guys, welcome to Christian Influencer Inspired Podcast, a podcast about lifestyle influence with Zona Garrett and Mindy Hanson. Hey guys, I'm Mindy Hansen. I'm a homeschooling mom to three wonderful children. I'm going back to school to become a registered nurse. I love being creative in all areas of my life, experimenting with flavors in my gluten and dairy-free kitchen, and being crunchy. And I'm Zona Garrett. I'm a personal and professional coach with ChristianInfluencerInspired.com, who along with my team has helped hundreds of individuals and entrepreneurs live and work in alignment with their God-given areas of influence. I'm the co-founder of an anti-trafficking organization called Bring Freedom and a veteran podcaster and speaker heard on the Persons with Lived Experience podcast and in conferences near you. Welcome back, guys. We're glad that you've joined us here today. We are going to be talking more about coping skills and giving a short update on our how well our coping skills are going that we've chosen for this month. Yeah. All right. So here's our quick disclaimer. We are not mental health professionals. We cannot replace a mental health professional for you, i.e. we cannot treat, diagnose, recommend any sort of treatment plan. We can only share what we are doing. Yes. For ourselves. Um, and invite you on this journey of spiritual growth and yeah. and building some grit as Christians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, we wanted to kind of, I don't really backtrack, but kind of give a little bit more um, substance. Yeah. Into why we've picked coping skills, what that what that actually looks like for us. We wanted to kind of outline the basic stages for you or the, um, they're in levels uh, for understanding um, and becoming more fluent or stronger in our coping skills. Mm -hmm. And so the first level is where we start with a basic understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we move from an understanding to our basic competency, where you have a little more information about it, how to do it, how it works, and um, the different parts of the coping skills that you've chosen. Mm-hmm. And then we move from basic competency into fluency, and from there into creativity and mastery is the last level. Um, So basically, as we do it and the more we learn about each coping skill or the many that we're working on and how they connect to each other or work together and all that stuff, we we just grow more and more until we have that skill basically mastered and can really use it to its full potential. I heard somewhere that they said that it takes um, 10,000 hours to become a master of something. I can see that. That's a lot of time. It is. So this journey of uh, building mastery and coping skills, it's going to, it's going to take us a while. It's going to be one of those, like, uh, where Paul talks about it, we're in the race. Mm-hmm. Not that we're comparing ourselves to others, but that we, we right. keep for the sake of Christ and for, 
following the cross. And part of that is, you know, having the coping skills to continue on the journey. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that could be why, you know, sometimes we do a coping skill for a while before we realize this really isn't working. You know, Mm because as we start to get more of an understanding, maybe it just doesn't fit somewhere for us or something. Right. Yeah. So, and then um, we have the five steps to master a coping skill. Mm-hmm. And so um, before we start out, we need to identify what our negative coping skills are. And there are lots of ways to negatively cope with stresses in life. Yes. Um, and so then basically figuring out what we, what habits, um, coping mechanism habits are we changing or switching over to something more healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And then we need to be able to understand those underlying emotions because we are, as we've talked about in past episodes, we are emotional creatures. Yep. Um, my, I really liked this. Um, human growth and development and my teacher is like, we are emotional creatures that think. They used mm-hmm. to think that we're thinking creatures that have emotions, but we're really emotional creatures that think. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting when you think about that, right? Yep. Well, and it was interesting too, because when I was studying psychology, they had talked to us about most people think that if you're a thinking individual, that you're logical. And if you're emotional, you're illogical. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is both forms of logic, whether thinking logic or emotional logic are both logic Mm-hmm. It's just how you get to a decision. Yeah, exactly. And it helped me to start to have a value for being an emotional being. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I had this like, oh, well, if I'm too emotional, I'm being illogical. Right. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, no, you're just going about it a different way. Yeah. I think a lot of us think that way, too. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah. there, there's a couple things in like, college that I was like, wow, those like have changed my life forever. But yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. All right. So step three is to make a list of things that make you or help you to feel calm. So positive things. Yes. Positive things. (laughs) We're trying to keep positive, build positive coping skills. Right. Um, And those will also help alter the way we view life or view different problems that we'll encounter, you know, we'll have more of a optimistic outlook Mm -hmm. doing that as well. Uh, Step four, we are going to make a list of things that bring joy um, to life and that make us laugh. Because if you watch Patch Adams, I'm going to age myself here, Patch Adams, right? He talks (laughs) about laughter is the best medicine. And mm-hmm. I still hear it all the time. Laughter is the best medicine. And even in nursing, we still kind of talk about it every once in a while, how laughter can be the best medicine, right? Yeah. Do you know that that's actually scriptural? Really? It's in Proverbs, which is one of our books that we're reading this yeah. month for the Well-Balanced Reader. Yay. Everything's <laughs> coming together, right? <laughs> <laughs> And then our last step in this is going to be to create a plan. Mm -hmm. It's always good to have a plan. Yep. 
So we had kind of dug into some of those things off camera when we were looking at what are we building for our first coping skill being the exercise and kind of what the benefits were that we got from that. And then like picking different ones we're working on for each month because it's going to take us a while to get from understanding to the basic competence level. You know, that's the level one of mastery versus level two of mastery. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we figure there's going to be different types of situations that we encounter and we're going to need coping skills for each of those different types of situations we encounter, whether that is spiritual, emotional, physical, relational. um, I mean, just life changes, you know, sometimes it's just literally, you know, having to, begin to take kids to sports and not having as much face time in the evening or, you know, Mm -hmm. having to transition into very busy seasons. Yeah. It all falls on that, right? Oh, yeah. I was thinking, have you heard of um, somatic shaking? I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't. I wonder if we should have that be one of ours coming up. Look into it. Let me know. I will. We're we're planning for next month already, guys. We're halfway through the month. (laughs) We're 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 scheming for September. Um. All right. So what we're saying for you is, even if you don't want to do the ones that we've done, you know, we've been working on um, moving our bodies. We've been working on um, having a reading habit and that kind of hits different areas, right? So the the physical one does help with mental health, uh, but it also moves your body. It gets your your blood pumping. uh, It has other benefits. Um, The reading one does, I mean, it has multiple benefits as well as far as like calming emotions, calming Mm -hmm. your mind, and sometimes even um, calming your spirit because, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm focused on uh, reading scripture and that's very renewing, renewing of the mind. Um, so we're going to get to our updates a little bit later. Um, but I wanted to give a few more examples. So when we get back from giving some love to our sponsors, we're going to talk about the five types of coping skills to give you some ideas to be incorporating for your own life. So as we're on this journey of building coping skills and becoming Christians that have Mm -hmm. grit and resilience, um, you guys can pick some that will be beneficial for where you're at in your life. But first, (laughs) let's, uh, let's shoot over to those sponsors and give them some love. Are you looking for Christian books but have a small or no Christian bookstore near you? Grab our link in our link tree and support our sponsor of the show, christianbook.com. You won't regret it. Hey guys, Mindy and I are really proud to let you know we have a new partner uh, as one of our affiliates of Discount School Supply. And if you click the link in our bio, you can access any of these things. But they have uh, items such as outdoor learning, school supplies, arts and crafts, uh, everything from STEM curriculum, uh, play and learn, 
infant items, pre-K items, things that are specific to age levels and uh, even clearance items that you can grab. So make sure you check them out in the link in our bio and get ready for your school planning and back to school. All right, I'll see you on the podcast. Are you trying to preserve what you have in your garden? I have some great tips in my Amazon storefront of things that I use where you can watch my video about quick pickling carrots or some other things that will go along with this section of the episode about meal planning. Just some fun behind the scenes. So make sure you check out my Amazon storefront if you look in the description or at the link in my bio on any of our social media. See you guys over there. Thank you guys so much for supporting our sponsors. We could not do this without you or them. Check out their links in the show notes or they're always available on our website, christianinfluencerinspired.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe since we have more platforms uh, and like the podcast, rate and review, follow us, whatever it is for each platform, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and share with a friend. Yes. Uh, Our lifestyle to influence moment today, we talk about building a lifestyle of love, identity, flow, and encountering God to influence the world. When we take time out of our day to reset and renew, we are setting ourselves up to continue living fully in our identity and being Christians with grit. Yay. (laughs) Love that. Yes. All right. So as promised... We are coming back to talk about five types of coping skills so you guys can make uh, the best decision for yourself of maybe what areas would be beneficial for you to work on a coping skill, begin to pick one of those things up. So there are many different conceptualizations of coping skills or ideas of what type of coping skill you should use. Uh, one of them is problem-focused coaching, coping, <laughs> emotion-focused coping, social support, religious coping, and mean-making. So I would say I'm more developed in religious coping. That's probably the one that I go to first. And then okay. second would be mean-making. Okay. Sometimes I struggle more with like the problem focused coping. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that we'll makes sense. I we'll think I'm more. more. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm more problem focused and probably mean making. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to walk through some ideas of the problem focused? Sorry, positive po- problem focused. <laughs> Let's clarify here. We're not complaining. Right. No complaining. Yeah. Okay. We want to keep everything happy and light and lots of laughter. Right. Yeah. All right. So for positive problem-focused coping skills, we can do things like asking for support from a friend or a professional. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite, I tend to do this one a lot, is creating to-do lists. It also helps with getting things out of your head, that executive functioning, which we've been talking about too. I really like that one. Yes. Uh, Engage in problem solving. Um, So actively solving the problem. (laughs) Coming up with ideas on how to do that. Right. Uh, We need to work on establishing healthy boundaries. We also have done episodes on that. 
Yeah. Uh, so if you if you need help with that one, uh, go back to last week or so. We did a couple episodes on boundaries. Yep. We did uh, episode 25 on healthy bonding. Yeah. Or sorry. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, episode 24 was uh, healthy boundaries. Yep. And then we can also walk away or leave a situation that causes stress. I know that one can be hard for some of us. I've struggled with that one too. <laughs> and then work on better time management. Yes. So with those ones, we're kind of building some of these things into our ideas as we go, right? So as we're looking at these things overall, as influencers in the world, as people who are called to show up and make a difference uh, in their sphere of influence, um, all of these things are going to help us be uh, more impactful. They're going to help us flow in the spirit. They're going to help us um, be in tune to what the Lord is doing in a situation. Mm -hmm. We're going to be the ones that are able to walk into situations as we build this resilience, as we build this grit, um, that can be peacemakers. We can be, and which we talked about being peacemakers when we had yeah. Dixie on. Um, so if you didn't listen to that one, make sure you listen to Hearing From God. I think it was episode 18 and 19. Something like that. It's right in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but we're trying to show up as our best selves here, okay? Yeah. With very intentional ways to do that. Um, so five emotion-focused coping examples. Uh, and we do have the references for where we found some of these that will be available on the blog. So make sure you're looking at christianfluencerinspired.com to kind of get more information on what we're talking about. But journaling Journaling is a way to become more aware and deal with painful emotions. Uh, mm -hmm. Mindfulness meditation. So we are very specific on not kind of emptying ourselves out, but opening ourselves up to Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can be where our center and our, our calm comes from. Uh, forgiveness, acceptance, uh, talking about the problem. Um, yeah. I would say when I was in the depth of trauma that journaling was my yeah biggest coping skill talking about it didn't help because i didn't no. know what i felt about it i didn't know what i thought about it and i didn't have capacity to mm -hmm. receive feedback on it yet like yeah. you know when you talk about it to somebody else they're going to have opinions they're going to have ideas i didn't have the capacity to receive that okay yeah but one of the things that really was beneficial to me was having that journal help me watch and, and track the healing that I got and the mm -hmm. things that I really thought and the things that no longer were mindsets or habits or ways that I processed things. Yeah. Especially with the Lord. So it was a um, living, breathing example of how the Lord had shown up in my life. Yeah. And how he had transformed me. 
So I had a new journal every single year and I'd go back and I'd read those and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I used to think that way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So if there's any one of those I recommend would be first forgiveness, second journaling, but that is completely biased based on my own experience. Right. Well, (laughs) I think in, in the midst of my trauma at the worst, um, I used a different form of journaling. I wrote more in like poetry, mm-hmm. but I did it constantly. Like it consumed my life at that point. Um, but it's, it's poetry is emotions, right? Like it's, yeah. it's heavily based on emotions and writing about your feelings and stuff. So yeah, that was my journaling at that time. Mm-hmm. Which is very good. Yeah, And that's why you hear people talk about, you know, these tortured artists. And it's like, I feel like it is their ability to actually express what they're feeling. And not all of us are good at expressing our feelings. Right. It's hard. (laughs) It takes takes some vulnerability there, people. Right. Real honest with what it is. (laughs) We can be more vulnerable on paper than we are face-to-face with other people. So... (laughs) Yes. Right. Um, Do you want to do the social support? Okay. So uh, some examples for our social support coping. We have listening to a friend talk about stress, talk about a stressful situation, um, validating other members of a support group when they talk about their feelings and cooking meals for neighbors who have been feeling ill. So really coming along beside people, cheering them on, rooting for them, helping uplift their spirits. And And honestly, if you look at most of those things, it doesn't have anything to do with actually fixing the problem. Right. It doesn't. There's no like, I'm going to take you away from the problem. I'm going to get rid of the problem. None of those things are there. It's literally just saying you're not in this alone. Yep. That can be pretty powerful, too. You know, that's strong, too, is coming up beside people and saying, hey, I'm not alone. You're not alone. Because when we're in the midst of things and we're just trying to survive, we really do start to feel like we're the only ones. And Mm -hmm. really, there's a lot of people out there that have gone through it before us. Yep. And I'm going to say something that I think is pretty controversial here. But I feel like because, and this is this is my own opinion and my own experience, is that men don't have a great level of reaching out when they need help. That one of the ways that they kind of put expectations on those that love them is providing those social supports, like cooking them food, taking yeah. th- like taking care of household things, and it's because. Um, not because they're like, oh, you need to be in a traditional role. I think it's because they don't know how to utilize some of the other coping skills. So they're almost putting that, you know, need essentially on other people in their life, whether that's a partner, whether that, you know, is their children, whatever. Um, Because they're less likely to talk about or be able to identify mm-hmm. what they're actually 
emotionally going through. And that's been a systematic thing, right? So when we're talking to little boys, we do a, we don't do as good of a job asking them how do you feel and helping them distinguish between their feelings. So I'm saying as a society, we have the option right now to begin to make a difference in the next generation of men by yeah. having boys, just like we do girls, go to a feelings chart and go, is this what you feel or is this what you feel? You know, yeah. an example of this is this, an example of this is this, because right now, in my opinion, it feels like we only give boys, little boys, um, the option of being angry or being too rambunctious. Yes. Yeah. No, Mr. Mindy and I have conversations about this all the time. We will talk about this stuff and it is a society thing. Like, and it's something that I think, you know, society slowly overcoming and realizing that it's an issue. Cause I mean, there's a lot more, um, with my kids in the different schools that we've done throughout the years, you know, you see a lot more in the elementary level of counselors coming in once a month and teaching emotions or talking about different things related to emotions. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is we don't really sit down and talk to our kids about emotions or we don't teach them these emotions. And so, or we don't really sit down and um, give them a, give these emotions a definition. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, you're, you're left interpreting what these emotions are and like how you feel when they come up uh, and creating your own, um, uh, why did I forget the word? Your, um, what was Res that? Responses. Well, responses, but, uh, your own definition of what that feeling is, you know, mm -hmm. uh, rather than having it defined for you so that you know what it is. Right. When you experience it. And so, yeah, I think that's a lot of it too. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those generational things I think that we're getting better at. Yeah. See, like, I feel like as a woman, I wasn't allowed to be angry because that isn't a feminine emotion. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's accurate, right? That was what right. it was kind of portrayed to me as. Yeah. So in the middle of dealing with all the trauma and stuff like that, like I felt sadness, I felt resentment, I felt bitterness, you know, but I really struggled. Like I had somebody and they were like, you're so angry about what happened but you can't even address the anger because you can't give yourself permission to be angry. Wow. And until I gave myself permission to be angry that those that I should have been able to trust more than anyone else, yeah. not only proved that they weren't trustworthy, but proved over and over and over again, that the only thing they cared about was their own comfort mm -hmm. and having their own desires met no matter what, the cost yeah. of that was, um, and I wasn't angry long, right? But right. having right. that emotion come out and actually feeling it allowed me to begin to use some of these coping skills. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Anger didn't come out in journaling, okay? <laughs> for me, for some people, it absolutely does, and I, right. I'm very grateful for that, but it's like, but you have to uh, know the emotion me, first. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to so name me, it first. So 
that you can actually feel it and know that that's what you're feeling. And that's where it's like we have to be able to name them and know what mm-hmm. they are as we're feeling them. Right. And and for me, it was really the level of this is not just me throwing a temper tantrum. Right. This is me having righteous anger for serious injustice that had been done. Yeah. Um, and being able to understand that that was not the plan of the Lord for my life. Mm-hmm. And that still doesn't mean that the Lord, you know, like, even though the things that happened to me weren't the plan of the Lord for my life, he's still going to work all things together for my yes. good. But I struggled so much because people were like, well, you should be so grateful because God's going to work all these things together for your good. And I'm like, all I hear you saying is that I should be grateful that I was trafficked and exploited. And I'm sorry, I'm not there. And you've never experienced anything like that. So don't tell me how to feel about it. Right. (laughs) Well, that's normal response too. (laughs) But I've gotten some healing, right? I've been able to it and I would say you know now being I don't know that I want to say this but almost 20 years out from the worst part of the trafficking the exploitation continued for a lot longer like that's mm-hmm. a lot longer um but I can say now yes the Lord has worked those things together yes. for my good Yes. And I can say there are still areas where I'm probably not even seeing how the Lord has worked those things together for good. But if you are in the place where you're dealing with that level of trauma or that level mm-hmm. of abuse in any type of situation, I'm sorry for any person that told you that you should be grateful for what happened yeah. to you. <sighs> it wasn't right for them to say that. And I'm sorry for them not understanding what they can say to be a good social support for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those traumas can be a tricky situation too for those, even those responding, because we were not really taught how to respond to situations like those either. Yeah, but every person is different. Like I, I mean, my best friend growing up lost her dad when she was like 12 years old. Okay. To this day, His death date is in my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. I know exactly when it is. It is as real to me as a birthday or as uh, anything else that that goes on, right? Because Mm -hmm. they were so important to me. I love them so very much. And um, it was... I didn't know what to say. I mean, I was 12, first of all. Um, But I also listened to their mom and how, you know, people addressed her as Mm -hmm. a widow and all of the things that people shouldn't have said and how much they hurt her. Yeah. And now I'm much more likely to ask, you know, do you know what you need? And to keep checking back in with people because it's really hard to reach out. Yes. You're in that level of a whole. It's really hard to be the one to initiate Mm -hmm. something so like we said you know taking them a meal being present you know I mean and doing the things that nobody wants to do whether that's they've just had a baby so you're doing their laundry or you're washing Mm -hmm. their dishes or you know 
<laughs> vacuuming, you know, just being there so that they can hold their child or yeah, whatever, you know, those types of social supports mm-hmm. can be the difference between them feeling like they're alone in facing something. There's so much self-condemnation in those types of traumas, Yeah, whether it's, you know, birth, loss, death, abuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, that sometimes it's just nice to know, like, I can be a mess and you're still there. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it, it really is hard for them to reach out when they're in the midst of that. I mean, I watched my grandma go through the loss of her husband, my grandpa. And I mean, while it was hard on the rest of the family, it, you know, it was hardest on her. So, I mean, we, we watched all that and yeah, they, they really truly just need you to come up beside them and, you know, maybe not even ask, you know, just bring them a meal, mm-hmm. you know, because they, in that time, they're so in that grief, they can't even really respond or tell you what they need. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. So if you guys have other ideas for social supports, definitely send them in, leave a message, voice message, and we will, um, We'll add them into a show. We're going to keep talking about coping skills, but we want your feedback. What has worked for you? What is something that you received as a social support that you thought was just really cool that somebody would do that for you? Or what is something that you maybe had the Lord show you to do for someone else? Um, Yeah. All right. Uh, Do we want to talk about religious coping skills? Yeah. So we have our uh, religious coping skills. And um, let's see. So we have benevolent religious reprisals, collaborative religious coping, seeking spiritual support, seeking support from clergy or congregation members, uh, religious helping, active religious surrender, religious purification, seeking spiritual connection, and religious forgiveness. Right. So that's a a lot of big words, right? Because we're getting these from a specific source, because again, we are not mental health professionals. But that looks like a small group, a Bible study, maybe you're sharing in a prayer group, things that are going on in your life and having people pray for you. Maybe you're calling the prayer chain and the prayer chain is praying for you, but they're not necessarily there physically with you. But you know, every person that's on that prayer chain is praying for you. Maybe that looks like um, going and having your pastor pray with you or having him give you uh, spiritual guidance to get through a situation. Maybe that's a small group leader that you go to to get spiritual guidance Mm -hmm. from. Or maybe it's a couple in your church that you've seen them work through a similar situation. You're like, okay, you raise teenagers. How do I raise teenagers? Yeah. You know, so I I say those things to say, like, they sound really like they're haughty almost, but they're not. These are, these are basic life things. Maybe it's a prayer partner that you reach out to where you're like, look, man, my brain is in funky town (laughs) and I need somebody to pray for me right now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to be the person that throws them hands. So (laughs) I need prayer. (laughs) Yeah. It's the small things too sometimes. Just even the smallest thing can make the biggest difference. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, I do recommend religious forgiveness. I do recommend yeah. seeking spiritual connection. Um, sometimes just knowing that you're going to have a place to go, that people mm -hmm. love you and will pray for you, even if you aren't able to share the details of the things that are going on, is enough support to be like, okay, yes. it's going to be all right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but we also recommend prayer for yourself, praying in tongues, you know, mm -hmm. uh, reading your Bible, all of those yeah. things. So this one, I was very confused when I saw it and what? I was like, what does mean making mean? Like, are they talking <laughs> about being mean to people? Right. At all. Uh, mean making refers to how individuals construe, understand, and make sense of life events. And that's according to C.L. Park and Folkman in a 1997 uh, research study that they did. So mean making theories assume that people hold global meaning, which we agree that we hold meaning because we are in the kingdom of God. Right. Which means people. It provides people with motivation and a framework to interpret life experiences. For example, um, personal growth, family bonds, spirituality, uh, valuing life, uh, having a negative affect, uh, impermanence, like, like these things are going to go away. So, you know, kind of getting through them, mm -hmm. uh, lifestyle changes, compassion, and um, release from suffering. So when we're sharing about these pieces, we're talking about what are the things that you prioritize to explain what you're dealing with? So this is my opinion, okay? There are many Christians that believe anything bad that happens to you is from the devil. Okay? This is their mean-making coping strategy. All right. I am not somebody that believes that. I believe that the things that you choose have consequences. I mm -hmm. do believe that sometimes, you know, the enemy is attacking you. Usually there's something you're doing toward, yeah. you know, living in your purpose, living in your calling. So for instance, I believe if you have a hard time going to church and getting your family to church, Yes, it is probably likely that the enemy is going to want you to fight all morning before you get to church service. Okay? But the enemy is not all-powerful, he's not all-knowing, and he's not everywhere. Right. So those are things that are only characteristics of God. Mm -hmm. And the enemy cannot do those things. All right. With that being said... um, most Christians will tell you about the value of life, or they'll tell you what their beliefs are in valuing life. And we've heard that so much. It's almost become doctrine, political rhetoric. Yeah. Yeah. That we throw at people. Well, you don't even value life. Um, but realistically, these are your belief systems. What, what does that look like? How do you move these things together? So my belief system mm -hmm. says that I am a daughter of the king and that I am called to live as a kingdom influencer in yeah. the spheres of influence that the Lord has given me in order to show up in the world. And that very realistically, a lot of times that has been to one or two people at a time. And that me being in alignment with the Lord's heart 
he has the highest value in the world for people. Mm-hmm. He created us. He's done everything he can to keep us close to him. Yeah. So, you know, me operating in the gifts of the spirit, me operating in my calling would also put people at very high value because he values people. Having a heart of Christ towards others, compassion, Absolutely. kindness, gentleness, self-control, people. Yes. <laughs> um, but when people are coming into their walk as a Christian, they're going to be redefining their mean making as a coping strategy mm-hmm. from what it was to what it is. So I don't want to, I know you had started a sentence, so I'll let you, I'll actually let you talk now. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so for one of the things that were mean making differences for me as a coping strategy was understanding that I was given a baseline of you're loyal to your family no matter what because blood is thicker than water, right? And what I found was that was a manipulation strategy to keep me from caring about the ways that I was being traumatized or exploited or trafficked within the family by saying, oh, well, it's fine because it's for the good of the family. This is very common in situations where there are um, cult-like tendencies, narcissistic-like tendencies, those types of things. Now, I say those things to say um, it's one thing to honor your parents. It's another thing to be trafficked or exploited or abused or, um, you know, hurt by them. And um, when I realized that as an adult, I was my own family, which meant I had every right to be like, I'm going to make my own family traditions and I'm going to decide how I celebrate holidays. (laughs) I'm going to decide how I celebrate my birthday. And it doesn't make me obligated to go to somebody's house for a holiday because I am my own family. Yeah. And if I choose to sleep in every holiday until noon, then I do that, which I don't. But if that was my choice, I absolutely could. Um, And I think that's something that we don't talk about a lot is that, you know, you and Mr. Mindy are your own family and you have extended family, but you guys are your own family and you get to decide what you're going to do for your traditions and whether or not you choose to participate in the extended family's traditions. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's a hard choice too. When you're trying to bring two people together, you know? Yeah. Yes. So we definitely had to look at all that, all the pros and cons and figure out what we're going to do. And there's been adjustments too, as you guys have gotten older and prioritized other things. Like you want your kids to be able to be involved in sports, which means that, doesn't allow you to always run back to Iowa to right visit as often. Yep, you know, that's I think that's the biggest adjustment we're all dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you don't love them. You love them dearly. Yep, 
We hope this gives you a better understanding, a way to kind of dig into some options for building coping skills for yourself. And we're going to go through and share our coping skills that we wanted to uh, update you guys on. So yeah. what was your month one coping skill, Mindy? <clears throat> uh, month one? Is that what you said? Huh? Yeah. So month one, I did the kickboxing. That was the one that I really focused on. Um, and I am continuing to doing kickboxing and... Um, it's hard because they keep begging me to do the adult karate, which, you know, <laughs> I keep telling them, give me a couple years. Let me get through school. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely love it. Trying to talk Mr. Mindy into it. And, um, <laughs> we're trying to work all that stuff out, but yep. it's, it is doing me a lot of good, a lot mm -hmm. of good. And it's really helping, um, you know, it's, it's really helped get through school because it helps release some of that stress and tension from the school day or feeling overwhelmed at certain parts of the homework or things like that. So True. Yeah. Um, my month one was the uh, weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten away from it because I very much am a social creature. <laughs> and... Uh, I need to get back into it. I think that's one of the things that I've been missing most. Mm -hmm. So the last couple of weeks, I've been making sure I at least exercise three times a week and do some weightlifting, weight training. And it's helped tremendously, even yeah. just, I, I would say most notably for my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm probably not going to be a bodybuilder anytime soon, but Right. <laughs> right. Neither am I. <laughs> uh, so then what, how are you coming on your month two? This was our new coping skill for this month. Yes. So this is August's coping skill. If you're listening to this later, you know, this is our month two. We're just kind of continuing to build, to go yeah. into that, you know, general competence level of mastery we talked about at the beginning. Right. Well, and as you've said before, though, it takes more than one coping skill because the coping skills only help with like 10% of the stress. So we need more than one to help alleviate more stress. <laughs> yep. So they were talking about how each coping skill can relieve 10% of the pressure, but yeah. they only work about 10% of the time. So... <sighs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> I would recommend having at least 10 different positive coping skills. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my month two decided to do the reading, uh, mostly reading our well-balanced reader books. And it, it's been a little difficult for me uh, because homework has really overcome a lot of my free time and um, and then there's my routine of like decompressing from the day that has gone later into the night. So it was a little harder. I did, you know, I managed to do it, maybe not as often or every night, um, mm -hmm. but I'm still making time for it. It's just a little bit harder to make that time. Um, but I, it's been beneficial 
Um, you know, we just did the, the a monetary termination dust was the first book that I read, and um, and now I'm working on Uninvited, and it's. But it's been really good because there's been a lot of things in there that have um, been like, oh, wow, this it helps me see the other side of things or has reminded me of some things that I've forgotten. Um, so it, I think it's been really good for the renewing of the mind. Yep. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, for mine, I specifically chose scripture. So I am reading all of the Well-Balanced Reader books, but kind of focusing toward that scripture piece. So what I've been doing is getting up in the morning and I turn on my audio Bible and I have it play through as I'm getting my coffee and as I'm, you know, kind of doing the morning things, whether that's the shower, washing my face, brushing my teeth, all of those things. Um, so today I listened through 27 chapters of Proverbs. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I've listened to Proverbs quite a bit more. There are other uh, books that we're going through with our reading, and it's really mm-hmm. been very beneficial. We're going to get into some of the scripture things again uh, at the end of the month when we do our um, episode 44. So be looking for that, y'all. And... <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to highlight at that point, like different scriptures that stood out to me or different things that the Lord kind of talked to me about as we were going through it, uh, from the scripture side of it. But for me, definitely renewing my mind through reading and having that come through hearing, um, has helped me kind of shut off some of the blue light issues. Mm -hmm. So I was actually able and sleepy before one o'clock last night. Yay. Which I woke up on my own at 6 a.m. today. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I hate waking up to an alarm. It is my right? least favorite thing in the world. Yep. All right. It's better when your body wakes you up. Yes. Well, this episode went long. Yes. But you feel like it really impacts a lot of the why of what we're doing. And we want to share the why with you guys because you are our friends. So you're welcome. (laughs) Um, You can see all of the video episodes when you become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash Christian influencer inspired. And also make sure you check out on the website uh, the blog posts that go along with the different episodes because we'll have some of these links, some of the research where we can actually give um, reference to where we got our information because Mindy and I are not mental health professionals. We are not able to treat, diagnose, or give you a treatment plan of any sort, but we can walk beside you as friends and be that social support as a group. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. Uh, So on tomorrow's episode, we are going to be talking about plants and that may sound a little odd, but plants do fit into kind of that love flow encounter. um, Oh, identity. I missed that one. Sorry. (laughs) Love identity flow and encounter in different ways. 
Um, so stay tuned and come back and see us tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.